Hi, I'm Holly, your host of the Crush the Rush podcast. I work full-time and run a full-time coaching business. I started my first coaching business when my twins were 18 months old, and I was excited to start something I was passionate about, but overwhelmed with how to make progress in such small pockets of time. The methods of working three to four hours a day in blocks of time didn't work, quite frankly, because I didn't have it. So my mission is to share how you can put together your own side hustle strategy and plan that works for you without giving up your goals and still focusing on your priorities. I can't wait to help you grow your business and more importantly, enjoy that well-deserved time off. Let's get to the show. Hey there, I wanted to pop in really quick and invite you to join me as an extension of this podcast over in the Crush the Rush community. This is a private Facebook community where I go live every Monday and teach and answer questions all about how to build the side hustle of your dreams that does not mean working crazy hours and burnout. And so you can join me live ask questions, dig into topics that matter, and then also join the community. So every week we have guest speakers, we have monthly trainings, and it is all totally free. So I hope that if you love this podcast, you are going to love the community as well and all the amazing side hustlers that have joined us. You do not want to miss out on all these resources. So go to the show notes, grab the link, come jump in, and I can't wait to see you on the inside. You are listening to episode 57 of the Crush the Rush podcast. And in today's episode, we're chatting with my friend, Emily Reagan, who is digging into what the front stage and the backstage is of your business. And one, we talk about what it is, but two, we talk about why the back end is so important. And if you don't have time to focus on it, when the right time to outsource is. Emily is a mom of four, an Air Force wife, a digital marketing consultant, and founder of VACrashCourse.com. And as a scrappy military wife who moved every two years, Emily ended up working in various jobs, but really realized that creating her own business where she could control her own schedule was where it was at. So now she helps creative entrepreneurs take their talents online and grow their social media presence build sales funnels, and connect with ideal clients. And she quickly booked out and didn't like turning down clients. So she trained her smart mom friends, which I love, to learn digital media and created HireAUnicorn.com because she has taught unicorn VAs all the resourceful qualities, online insight, and implementation skills that online business owners like you are looking for and are looking to hire First, which is the total magical package. So we are talking all things front end and back end business, when to outsource, and if you're not ready to outsource, what steps you can take now so that when you are ready, you are set and ready to dig in. I really think you guys are going to love this episode. There are so many tangible tips and we dial into some bonus productivity tips, which I know you will love. I took over two pages of notes alone just in this conversation. So make sure to grab a pen and paper and let's get to the show. Hey, Emily, welcome to the Crush the Rush podcast. How are you today? 
Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and sneak away from the kids for a little bit. I know we were just chatting all things about homeschooling and working full time. And Emily isn't actually a virtual assistant, but actually owns her own firm of virtual assistants as well. And she calls them the, I think the unicorn squad or higher unicorn, which totally, I just love so much. Um, Maybe it's because my girls are super into like rainbows and glitter. Um, But Emily is going to be here today talking to us about front stage versus backstage and really what the backstage of your business looks like and why it's so important. And so I'm really excited to dig in. So Emily, why don't you um, introduce yourself and tell us a little more about you? Yeah, well, so I've been working as a freelancer since I had my first kid. Oh, wow. So for a while there, I've been doing all of the tasks behind the scenes for my business owners. Like I came with a a background and all kinds of jobs. And as a military spouse, I've moved a lot. So I have a lot under my belt, but never really had the career. So when you're talking about your career, I'm like jealous. No, it's not that glamorous though. (laughs) Well, everything is added up. Like we move every one to two years. If we're lucky, we're somewhere three. And so I've had all these random jobs and it's just tough starting over. So I found this freelance world. I fell into it. I loved it. I got to bring some of my PR skills, my knack for figuring things out. And my client kept calling me her VA. And I, being a military wife, did not know what that meant. I thought yeah. it was Veterans Affairs. <laughs> so, oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I was like, wait, do I know what that is? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is a VA? And I always hated the term, to be honest, because I felt like it was a little bit dumb down. Like I'm doing way bigger things oh, than, yeah, for sure. you know, I'm helping grow the email list, produce the content, and, you know, do all kinds of things behind the scenes. And eventually I just learned to embrace it. And that's why I turned, turned the, I coined the term unicorns because we're doing a lot of things. We're usually the first person a solopreneur hires because they need an implementer and they need somebody well-rounded. And yeah. Virtual assistant can have so many different meanings right now. You know, there's so many different um, specializations and niches. And, you know, all of us are coming from unique backgrounds. There's a lot of, you know, moms who worked in professional industries who are starting over and they want to work from home and they can help out a business owner for a few hours. So I kind of got a lot, my hands dirty doing all of the work. And then eventually I'm like, I got to start teaching my friends because I knew smart mom friends, military wife friends. I started teaching them digital marketing and how to, you know, get their foot in the door. And from there, my business took off. So I've been scaling back the clients and then scaling (laughs) up. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. Especially coming into COVID. Oh my gosh. I'm just thinking like if I were maxed out on clients right now, coming into this position, homeschooling for kids, I call call it homeschool. I mean, it's homeschool. It's all virtual, but like we're doing all of the work, right? So I just can't imagine doing all of that right now for sure. But everybody online who is successful has somebody helping them. I so agree. Never, never I so agree. And I love this comment really quick because I feel like when I first started, I didn't realize that or I didn't think about it. And then as I started digging in more and more, I was like, oh, they have somebody doing this for them or, oh, they're in a group that's coaching them how to do this or, oh, they have a community where they can ask questions. And now like some of the, and I talked about this, I think on last week's podcast, like some of the like 
seven-figure earners literally have people running their social media accounts, writing their copy. Like, they are not in the weeds. Um, And so it's just something like, yeah, yeah, it's so, it's so crazy. It's like mind blowing to me. So, well, I think your, your background sounds amazing. Um, And I really love when people build businesses out of what people start asking them about, like it truly is your passion. Um, So today we wanted to dig into sort of the back end of your business. But I thought before we started, if you could talk a little bit about just the difference between the back end and the front end or the front stage versus the back end um, and sort of why that back end is so important. So I want to go back to what we were just talking about with people are getting help. So a prime example is this 92-year-old woman on Instagram. Her name is Batty Winkle. She does these outrageous photos, um, photo shoots and whatnot. Her Instagram has like 4 million followers. And she's a prime example of somebody not doing it all online. You know, there's a team dressing her, you know, posting, scheduling, creating all of the content. And we just forget about that. But for some reason, when I look at Batty Winkle, who's 92, I think really obvious. So she's a prime example. I'm going to have to totally go look that up now. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. Um, she's a hoot. She's, a, she's just like overdone in makeup, like bubblegum pink. Like it's, it's crazy. Uh, I want to be that kind of grandma when I'm yeah. there. But she, you know, she has help. So Batty's doing the front stage. The front stage is the things only you can do in your business. Only Batty can show up in the photo shoots, but anyone else can write the comments, pick out the outfits, schedule it on Instagram. You know, I don't know the other aspects of her business, but with that comes other content creation, um, you know, tech integrations that people are doing, setting up the automations, like people in your business can be helping you with that. Once they learn your brand voice, once they um, know your business objectives, they can help run your Facebook group. Like you don't have to be doing all of the little things behind the scenes. And that's what we call the backstage because you do need to show up backstage to prep for your front stage, you know, but for the most part, um, you could even have a virtual assistant who's a copywriting scripting your podcast. Like you don't have to do all of the work. And I think this is such an important principle to grasp as, you know, mothers with side hustles and, you know, full-time jobs and kids are trying to struggle with it, doing it all. And the fact is people aren't, they're hiring. Yeah. I love that so much. So when you, let's just dig into the back end business a little bit. So one of the things that you wanted to talk about was four mistakes that we'll call them solopreneurs. So like you're just getting started. Um, what one, what should they think about when they're thinking about the back end and maybe where they could outsource? But, and then two, like, what are some mistakes to avoid? Yeah. Well, one of the things, okay, I have four big mistakes. Okay. And one of the things, biggest mistakes people make is they wait too long to hire help and they wait till they're in the weeds, they're burning out, they're overwhelmed. Maybe I get a lot of job requests and I help hook up my students with jobs and people are like, oh, I'm launching next week. I need help. This like, is so me. Holy me. Yeah. It's insane. You can't expect somebody to jump in right. and be able to just know everything about your business and be able to help. So I like the analogy of having a babysitter. If you're setting up a babysitter, you don't call at 6 p.m before your 7 p.m. date, right? You need to have a good babysitter on in your contacts list who you've 
kind of felt out, you've tried her out a couple of times and you want to know, you have to book her in advance and you need to know your babysitter is babysitting for other families. So you can't just expect last minute, you know, dropping everything for you. Although sometimes we get lucky, but yeah. um, you know, husbands awesome. have a hard time understanding that, right? When they're setting up date night, but like a VA is the same or a teenage is the same. If you can just get somebody in early doing little tiny tasks that help you save time, uh, to, to start to hand over some of those long-term, like you're thinking long-term in your business. What do I need to get out of? What are some of the things, the skill, the tasks that are in your drudgery zone that you don't enjoy doing, that you don't know how to do? What kind of tasks can you position this person to take over? And it, and it can happen slowly. And I think people get intimidated by the thought of bringing on a teammate because they think, it needs to be super formal. They need to commit like, you know, 20 hours a week. And it doesn't have to be like that. You can get your VA for a couple hours and where they're at and, you know, what kind of clients they're taking on. Just like a babysitter, you know, you could request that. that she only comes, she comes on Friday. So yeah, I think we all are like babysitter. That's that such a great amazing. analogy. It really is. <laughs> Do you have examples um, of maybe what that like first thing is? that you typically see being outsourced, that is a, a good first step? Uh, yeah, I get a, a wide variety. Honestly, a lot of people want to shuffle out their or hire out their social media because it com- becomes such a, oh, such a hamster wheel of content. I, I like what you teach about batching it. I don't know if that needs to be the first thing you need to hire out personally, But if you can get to the point where you're hiring out some of it, like you're still doing the writing, still figuring out, you know, your, your, your ideal customer, you're still kind of playing with your audience. You can let your VA schedule it or do the hashtag research and just take some of that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the formatting, like if you should probably early on in your business, still write your emails when you're working on your branding, but your V your VA can format them, schedule them and get them used to the backside of your business inside your email service provider. Like you want them familiar with that because when your business is really big, you're not going to be scheduling emails. Right. Yeah, exactly. I really, I really think that's helpful. And I'll say early on in my business, um, I did try to outsource social media, which is why I don't now. Um, and it totally, like you can, I just, I just don't think you, you should, unless you're making like millions of dollars. Um, because you, like, I want to talk to people that are connecting with me. I don't want somebody else doing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big lessons learned there, but okay, let's get back to the mistakes. So you gave the babysitter example. Um, yeah. what are some of the other mistakes or areas oh. to avoid? I want to piggyback off what you just said about handing off your social media. So a big mistake that solopreneurs do is they don't have their brand voice guide. They don't kind of have any idea what they would want that social media person to do. And then they expect that that new hire to just understand their voice overnight. And they get disappointed when the blogs don't sound exactly like them. And you just kind of have to realize that's a process. Like Mm -hmm. high-level copywriters charge thousands of dollars to do deep dives into businesses and write brand voice guides. So if you hire a VA to do your social media and you don't have anything to give them, like words to say, words to not say, like, you know, just even the basics to get them started and just trust that it's a process. Like they're going to make mistakes. You're going to be involved in edit it. 
and coach them, they're not going to have it overnight. And I see so many business owners whining about their VAs with the brand voice thing. I'm like, well, what have you done to sit down and talk about it and expect to pay for that? If you want them to be your voice, they're going to dive into your Facebook lives and your content. And that's going to take time. So that's, that's mistake number two is not, you know, expecting like overnight results with the brand voice and, um, it happens all the time, (laughs) believe it or not. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think it's totally worth the time, even just for you to sit down and say like, what is my brand and what isn't my brand? And it could be as like basic as like, I say, LOL in my texts, like all the time. And I do emojis. That's just me. I have a client who's like, Holly, I would never put LOL in a text. And I'm like, that, okay, that's great. I'm like, I'm not writing your content. So when you're writing your content, like don't put LOL, but that's like a very like basic example um, of like what you would do versus what somebody else would do and making sure that it sounds like what you're trying to, to get across. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was talking with Tyler J. McCall um, on, uh, I don't even know where, but he was telling me that um, he doesn't like the fire emoji. He will never use the fire emoji. He only uses the yellow heart. And I'm like, wow, you know, some people have specific expectations and I, you don't know that unless you think about them and sit down and like extract it (laughs) from your Yeah, yeah. All right. So tip number one was think like a, like you're hiring a babysitter. And tip number two was make sure you take time to put together your brand and voice. Um, what about number three? Yes. So I think to really set yourself up for success, and you're going to love this one, you need to start documenting your processes. <laughs> you need to have standard operating procedures. And it doesn't have to be a scary thing, but just documenting how you do things. How do you upload a blog post? What's your process for publishing a podcast? How many times do you expect to post on social media? Just having some basic SOPs and you can write that out on a Google Doc. Uh, Give the step-by-step directions so you could hand it over to a very smart, capable person and they could do it 100% on their own. Even better if you could do a little Loom video, you know, walking through some of the more trickier parts. I know this is important for me you know, when I'm launching or opening a card or doing something I don't do as many times in a year. And I kind of forget, yeah. like, how did I do that? How did I set up that redirect or waitlist page? And having that documented. So when you do bring the babysitter on board, she knows what to do. She has a plan. And then you don't have to spend as much time in the weeds uh, teaching her your your business yeah. and how you do yeah. that. And I love this too, because even if you aren't ready to hire somebody, having that like SOP or standard operating procedure is really, really helpful. I have a weekly one that I actually use in Trello. And so I will like drag and drop, like, here's what my week looks like. I, it starts the same every week. Like Tuesday is always podcast day and Friday is always check in with one-on-one clients. And Saturday morning, I publish a blog. Like it's always the same thing, um, but it can be really, really basic and still help you until you're ready to hire somebody. Yes. I love love that. Now I'm like writing notes of how I need to update all of my. (laughs) And that SOP is an ongoing process, right? You can always update it. I think it doesn't have to be perfect the first time because every time you can refine things. And the beauty is when you bring someone on board, they might find more efficient ways. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And I like, I feel like I'm the queen of systems. And every time I do like a launch or like change something, I'm like, oh, I need to go change all of these things. Like this is not the best way to do it. So it's always room for improvement. Um, what about number four? So a, the fourth mistake I see solopreneurs make is they get so fixated on the qualifications and the tech knowledge of their virtual assistant. And they want the best of the best. I've seen the craziest job leads come through my, my inbox where, I mean, it'll be a mile list, a mile long list of all of the things this VA must know. And they don't realize if you want this person with all this experience and tech experience, like they're gone already. They're booked out. They're probably charging well over $75 an hour at this point. They've probably specialized. So you're kind of looking for that sweet spot of the implementer and you need to hire based on work ethic, attitude, um, and like personal traits, right? <laughs> because that person can learn your, your unique, uh, email service provider. Now I've been around the block. I've worked with a lot of ESPs, but I actually haven't done active campaign to be honest. It's something I've always wanted to play with. I, and I haven't done flow desk either. Um, and that doesn't mean you can't hi- hire me and count on me to figure right. it out. I could still do it because you're hiring somebody who's not afraid, somebody who is um, like just willing to figure things out and up for the challenge. You don't want to get somebody who stays in their safe zone and just wants to stay there. You're looking for more of a go-getter. You're looking for a self-learner. You're looking for somebody who is just up for the challenge. And uh, I love Rachel Hollis calls them um, generals versus soldiers. Like oh, I can, love that. I know. I'm like, I got to steal that. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, you, you can have soldiers on your team who just do the work and need to be told what to do every step of the way. But you're really looking for that general, that general who's going to grow with your team, figure things out and be okay not knowing it all. Because in our business, things change all the time. Oh my gosh, trying to figure out the new Facebook feed right now has me a little bit like, oh gosh. Did it did change? It Maybe I did not. Did I miss that? Maybe mine I, hasn't changed. I kept changing back and forth, but I have the new one now. And okay. I never find my ads manager. And oh yeah, that did change. Groups looks different. Yeah, mine might have been like the last to go over. Yeah. Um, you know, you need someone who's going to be okay with that. And the truth is not everybody is. So you're not hiring for some technical expertise. Although, you know, there could be occasions where you do. You're hiring that like well-rounded implementer. And I'm talking about when it's that first, that first hire. Like yeah. It's person who's going to help you out in all the areas. Yeah. That is really, really helpful. I just wrote down general versus soldiers. That's such a good one. And I, I actually am a decent Rachel Hollis fan and I missed that. So I'll have to go back and and look at some of her stuff. Um, One of the other things that we wanted to talk about is sort of a bonus tip. And you and I are, are, I think very similar when it comes to productivity is how to use the Pareto principle and how it drives sort of the back end of your business. Yes. So, and I see this over and over with clients and my peers who aren't hiring it out yet and getting help. But um, I'm trying, I want to say this saying, right. But if you stay small, if you keep your team small, you will stay stuck. 
And I see this in my own business. I know how to do all of the things. I can figure it out. And I still could never get everything done that I need to without having a team. Yeah. And there's no, um, you know, just because you can do it all doesn't mean you should. So I, one of the first things I hired out was bookkeeping and I like numbers. It just took me a solid day back when I had eight women working in my agency, took me a solid day to do it. I mean, I lost out on billable hours. If you look at that, and I think that's a good example of the Pareto principle. It's basically the 80, 20 rule. So as a business owner, you should be focusing on the 20% of your business that makes the 80% of your profit. And that other 80%, that time saving, like, uh, how do I say this? Just like repetitive type work. You can hire that out, hire that out. So you can do the part of your business that's actually going to make you grow. Yeah. So I have a question about that. So how do you balance that versus the tasks that you like to do and the tasks that you don't like to do? And I'll give you a a personal example, because for me, like 80% of my business comes from social media. Like if I could run my business without being on social media, I would like, it's not my favorite thing, which if you looked at my Instagram account, you would, you would not know. Um, but I really like doing podcasts more or teaching or whatever that is. Um, but obviously I tried outsourcing. It didn't, didn't work. So now I'm looking at outsourcing some other things, but I actually enjoy doing the other things. So how do you balance that? Oh, that's tough. I think you have to... (laughs) Not a trick question. I'm just genuinely curious. I think you have to have a deep look at what, um, where you're best at in your business. Uh, so there's something called, um, Michael Hyatt talks about this in his book, Free, Free to Focus. And you and I were talking about that earlier. It's a really yeah. book. I know you would love it, but um, he does a lot of the same planning things that you do for your business with your like, you know, um, morning and evening routines and weekend routines. But he talks a lot about the judgery zone and I can't remember all the zone names. There's the desired zone. So kind of knowing like where you're at your best and where your true zone of genius is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but you also need to know where am I just distracting myself and where is this really not a good use of my time? And I think that's what elevates successful business owners, especially online, because there's so many distractions. No, gosh, yes. You have to have a deep look at that. And it's, I don't think it's easy because I know that I'll do it. I do it all the time. And it, and it's fun when you do like a challenge, uh, you get distracted by the shiny thing. Yeah. Yeah. The shiny object syndrome. And I'll say also like even taking the things that you love, like for me, like I love planning and strategizing and like I just was just talking about new planners and like how it's like so fun um but then like you can't spend hours doing it or you're not going to get anything else done and so it really is sort of that 80 20 balance of like okay it's okay to like take some time to plan it but like set a timer focus on it and then move on so I think I like that helpful have you covered the Pomodoro method at all in your podcast? Yeah, I'm such a yeah. huge fan of that method. Uh, my husband makes fun of me because he said timers like drive our entire day, which is true up to a certain point. Because during, I mean, it is a hustle during the day. It truly is. Um, and I think what you said is just because you can do it all doesn't mean that you should. 
is something yeah. that you should really just like, if you're listening, write it down um, and, and think about like, what, what do you like doing? What do you not like doing? Um, and what I always call them income producing activities. But when you're short on time, like those are the ones that you've got to dig into, whether you like them yeah. or not, depending on what your goals are. So. so I have a question for you. Yeah. When you're dealing, I know you're, you're very schedule oriented. What do you do when you have a day set aside to do writing and you're not in your zone? You yeah. You know, somebody out? just asked me that the other day. Um, so I, <laughs> this is funny. We totally flipped the interview. Um, yeah. I call it the cake method. And typically I, when I go into my day, I have like three big things that I want to get done for the day. One of them might be writing. One of them might be like something for the family. One of them might be work related. Um, if I'm not like, typically I do my writing on Saturday mornings when nobody's up and I don't get interrupted. But if I'm not feeling it, I will literally just flip it to a different day and I'll have like my list of like, okay, what's that next thing? And I'll do that instead. And because okay. I'm such a person that likes, like I just mapped out all of my funnels for like 2021. And like, I could do that for hours. Like it is like, my favorite thing to do, but I can't do it for hours. And so if I was not feeling like writing, I would probably flip it to something like that, that I know needs to be done that I like doing. And then when I do have time and feel like it, then I would do it. But it comes okay. back to having that like prioritized list that so you can like flip them in yeah. and out. Um, and honestly, if I'm not feeling creative, I tend to disconnect. Um, yeah. So like it's fall, like going to walk outside taking a day off social media, um, that typically helps too. So that's good. I need to kind of do what you do with Saturdays. And I, sometimes my brain just needs to go explore something new and I'll go down a rabbit hole, but I yeah. have to realize when it's to truly benefit me or it, is this a distraction? And yeah. I need the to rabbit holes are good, right? Like you need the rabbit holes, but then it's like, how far do you go? And that's where the timer comes in. But I think that's yeah. also going back to what you're talking about is, do you enjoy doing it? Is this something that somebody else can do for you? Are you at a position where you can do it? And then if you're not, write it down, like write an SOP for it so that when you're ready, you can one, give it to somebody, but two, you can go back and reference it um, yourself, which I love. Um, anything else that you want to share sort of about, about your backend business processes? Um, yeah. Anything about your unicorn team, which I love the name. Well, um, I, I do want to say that if anyone out there is looking to hire down the road, do what Holly just said and start documenting things that you would like to get off your plate. Like if you find yourself like, Oh, I really don't enjoy this. Like go ahead and write it down in the list because you'll find yourself in that moment when maybe you run across the perfect unicorn, the perfect hire for your business. And you could, um, you, you know, resort to that list and remember what you need help with. A lot of, you know, clients and job leads will come to me and say like, I don't know what your person can do. I don't know what my VA can do. I don't know what I'm supposed to ask them to do. And I think, it's kind of a, a unique role because everybody has a different skill set. Everybody's better at other things than not, but it can't hurt to ask and it can't hurt to play toward your, your higher strengths and then down the road, higher to their weaknesses. Like if you yeah. have somebody who ends up being amazing copywriter and 
wants to groom themselves that way, you can turn around and like add to the team with somebody more techie. Uh, so kind of paying attention to what your teammates are good at and what they like, it will keep them happy. It will keep them on your team. will help with the turnover. But that list of just documenting um, what you want to get off your plate, I think that's just important to start. I'm thinking about hiring someone else on my team and really putting time into what are those tasks that I need to get off my plate that will save me time and who this hire will be. Because it's going to be a weird skill set. I'll probably need somebody to uh, manage my Facebook community uh, because that's becoming hard when you have all the emails coming in and, you know, you had mentioned like you collect the uh, emails with the questions and remembering to engage them. And that's something I need off my plate. But I also, I don't know, there's just a lot of like little things and you don't remember in the heat of the moment. And um, I think that's, I think that's really a tough one for people because you don't really know until you get this person. And if it's not working out, you'll know, and don't be afraid to start over. Yeah. that's kind of tough. I think people are just so intimidated by it, thinking that, um, I don't know. I don't really know what the fear is. Some of it's yeah, for me, I think it's a mindset. Like, I think some people think because it's their business, it's different. But you, for me, like, I have to put, like, my corporate hat on and say, like, if I was going to hire somebody for my team for work, like, I would have a job description. I would have specific activities of what they were going to do. I would have, like, kickoff deck for them when they started and I would have like training for them when they joined my team and then I would have like check it like literally I have like a whole process so you have to do that same thing and then if you're not ready for it again taking the time to just write down what you're doing and where you think you might need help so brainstorming for me is always um a, a big help regardless of what's going on um before we wrap up, I always ask three questions and I'm super excited for you to answer these because I feel like we're very similar. Um, what is your current morning routine? So I think I, I might have, you know, pulled the wool over your eyes. I'm <laughs> actually not, I don't have a miracle morning and I have kids who are up early. I, I was listening to one of your podcasts where you had someone say the same thing, but my thing is like have coffee make the bed. My kids are usually waking up the second I make a sound and I just kind of go with it. I would love to get in a better routine. I think once school gets going, but right now I wake up so excited to work and that's been amazing. amazing. Yeah. I love Mondays, especially when school (laughs) was happening. I know it's way different when everyone's gone. Yeah. So I like have to tone it down and just kind of like remember to feed the kids and kind of some of that. But for me, it's a really simple coffee, make the bed. (laughs) Yeah. And I think what you just said is really important. And that's recognizing when your best work times are for me, it's morning. And I'm the same way. Like I get up and my brain is like on and it's like, let's go. Um, Other people are not like that. And maybe like five o'clock at night is your time. Um, But just, I think realizing like when that time is and then recognizing it so that you can, you know, update your schedule. So it works for you. I get so frustrated right now because it is morning. That's when I want to be creative and write and kids don't even start school till nine. So I feel it like kind of, it kind of stresses me out right now. Yeah. It's definitely different with everyone home. I'm not always (laughs) in the zone at three or four o'clock. I'm usually kind of tired and I need a little bit more like repetitive tasks to do. Right. Yeah. What is one resource that's helped you the most in your journey? I think this is kind of a 
cliche answer, but you, you can relate in the beginning. I didn't know there were people who could help me who'd done, done it before. I kind of started the journey very on my own, just figuring things out. And once I really found my community, found coaches, masterminds, peers, once I found the people who were online doing the same thing, it just helped me excel so much more. And some of it was investing in courses uh, and just taking myself, my business seriously with that investment. But I think it's really about that, finding those like-minded, supportive business owners. Yeah, I would agree. I would say the exact same thing. Um, The last one is if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh my God, this is such a fun one and yet so hard because I, I feel this pressure to be different. <laughs> I know everyone is saying the same one. I Maybe I need to change the question, but it's very yeah. interesting. It's taken on a life of its own, I think, yeah. COVID. And so it's been kind of fun to hear everyone's answers. I'm going to think outside the box here. You know what I would like? I would be able to like, I would love to be able to pause time and get stuff done and like pause everything and yeah. just like catch up or like, sneak in that uninterrupted workout and, uh, you know, have no one miss me because I'm gone. But that's kind of where I'm at with like motherhood and four kids and a husband all at home. Yeah. I always say like in Ohio, sometimes in the winter it snows and I'm like, the snow does not help me unless it shuts everything down because it's just like, it's one of those things where I, I want everything to stop so that I can stop. But if everything keeps going, like you, you don't get that, that bonus time. Um, so yeah, well, thank you so much, Emily. This was so, um, helpful. I know I took like an entire page of notes, so I have lots of things to work on, on my backend business, um, procedures. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, what you're up to, where they can hire some of your unicorns and all the things. Yeah. So right. Um, if you want to hire a virtual assistant or somebody who's been through my course and gotten a well rounded baseline of online business. I teach SEO. I teach email marketing, affiliate marketing, social media, live webinars. I teach like a good baseline of everything that you would want to know for a virtual assistant. You can go to hireaunicorn.com and that will be my form. And I'll share it with my work group, with my students who've gone through the course. And there's lots of women in there. I have military spouses. I have moms who haven't worked in a while, who have really smart degrees, I have uh, women starting second careers because they want to work from home. And, um, and some of these women are amazing. They already have marketing. It's kind of intimidating. They already have marketing yeah. skills or video editing skills. And everybody has their unique um, you know, education and job experience. And then I've added the digital marketing onto it. So hence, they're unicorns. Like for somebody, they'll be a perfect fit. And yeah, yeah. Awesome. so if you go to hireaunicorn.com, I'll share your job lead. I don't match. I have no interest in being a headhunter matcher. I don't <laughs> That's like a whole nother job in itself. I, I know. And everyone's like, you should do this. I'm like, I would hate it. That's like my drudgery zone. But yeah. um, right now I just share job leads for free with my students. So I'm actually going into another launch right now and my webinar is happening. And for anybody who is interested in working online as this is a side gig, um, I am really good at teaching the digital marketing part of this world. And that's like all the techie stuff and yeah. some strategies. So you can come into my webinar and I'll teach you a little bit more about 
working online as a yeah we'll put that link um to your webinar in the show notes as well so thank you so much emily thanks for joining yeah all right back to mom world right (laughs) you know right (laughs) thanks so much holly (laughs) thank you so much for listening to the crush the rush podcast If this was helpful to you, I'd love it if you would please leave a review. It is truly what makes this show keep going and keeps the amazing guests possible. Even better, tag me on Instagram stories and let me know what you think. I cannot wait to hear from you. 